This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about everybody's favorite thing to eat in December, Philly cheesesteaks. And for breakfast. Uh, Yeah, actually, so we're recording this episode in early October. Guys, I mean, we really have been on top of it this fall. Yeah, that's because we're going to be falling off of it at some point. Oh, we are? uh, Probably uh, coasting on, on, uh, not bonus episodes, like pre-recorded episodes for a while. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we're just... uh, we're getting ready for the holidays. Right, exactly. Yeah. We're doing our, our usual holiday prep. I've I've been trimming a tree. <laughs> I've been trimming a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, do you mean like, you know, pulling out the uh the dead herbs that are on your balcony right now? I've been pulling out the dead herbs. I've been I've been like trimming various like nose hairs and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's important. Anyway, no. All this to say, <laughs> we are recording this in early October. And Matthew just served me a Philly cheesesteak at 9.48 a.m. on a Monday morning, and it was so good. Have you had a Philly cheesesteak before, or was that your first one? Matthew, that was my first Philly cheesesteak. It was so good. I'm so glad you liked it. And I am not, in fact, just yesterday, I was saying to Ash and June, as we were sitting, like, we had stopped somewhere to get, like, we'd stopped at, like, PCC or something to all get lunch for ourselves. Great place for a Philly cheesesteak, the uh, anyway, uh, organic but, co-op. It's, but yeah. both of them had gotten hot sandwiches, mm. and I am, like, not a hot sandwich person. And I was just saying to them, like, eh, it would not occur to me to get a hot sandwich. Now, if I could get a Philly cheesesteak just, you know, as easily as, like, rolling up to your apartment... If you lived in Philadelphia, you could get a Philly cheesesteak anywhere. But are they always that good? No, but uh, some are some are better and some are not as good. Oh, God, that was great. Okay, so that was my first Philly cheesesteak, everybody. Oh, this makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. and, like, I, I'm not going to get deeply into this because this is the Philly cheesesteak episode, but it's not really even the best kind of sandwich you can get in Philadelphia. The best sandwich is the roast pork sandwich at the Reading Terminal Market. Okay, is this is this uh, like a widely known fact? Well, that I don't think everyone best? would agree with that, but I think many people would. It's that's definitely like a world class sandwich. Not that a good Philly cheesesteak isn't. Okay, so uh, oh, we should do memory lane. Okay, now, disclaimer up front. 
even before we get to memory lane. Like, we're not from Philadelphia. No. We don't know anything about cheesesteaks. I don't – I'm pretty sure they never call them Philly cheesesteaks in Philadelphia. I don't think they say Philly much in Philadelphia. Yeah. It, it's kind of like uh, how San Francisco residents absolutely never call it Frisco. Yeah, like, or, you, you yeah. do not do that. Do they, do they call it San Fran? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so we don't know what we're talking about. We it's do one not. of those episodes. But I do like cheesesteaks a lot. I like cheesesteaks a lot, too. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell us about your memory lane. I just had one. Okay. And it was really good. Great. I can't, I can't wait to have it again. I'm kind of sad that... So I think you were trying to be sensible, Matthew, and you made one and we split it. Yeah. I, I think never I could have sensible. eaten a whole one. No, I was thinking about like, what am I, you know, every time you come over and I serve you something, I do it wrong in some way, like not in the preparation of the food, but like, you know, I cut it weird mm-hmm. or like I give you, don't give you any silverware or something. And and this time I just didn't give you enough sandwich. I didn't give you the, the length of sandwich that you deserve. The other thing is that I think I regularly can eat more at a sitting than you can. Yeah, I think that's true. So, yeah. So I think that you gave me a Matthew sized portion. I guess so. I mean, I've Definitely would eat a whole one of those like a dinner. Oh, I would eat a whole one for brunch. For bre- yeah, breakfast. Okay. <laughs> okay, go on. All right. So my memory lane probably starts with the Steak Escape chain restaurant at Pioneer Place Mall in downtown Portland when I was a kid, and they they made like they didn't call it a cheesesteak. They called it like the steak sandwich, but it was a cheesesteak. It was not good, but I was uh, a teenager and would eat anything and could get like a foot long steak sandwich for six dollars or whatever mm-hmm. like that didn't really even like kind of give me a hint of what cheesesteaks were all about there were a couple of restaurants one of which still exists and i think the other one doesn't in seattle like when i was like early 2000s i guess there was a uh, uh, philadelphia fever which was uh, owned by renee lefever which uh was really like you know they like we import the bread from philadelphia and that kind mm-hmm. of place and it was uh, really really greasy and good and then uh, the one that's still around is tat's deli which is a really good cheesesteak place in Pioneer Square in Seattle. So like huh. that's a real treat. Like as much as as much as I think my homemade cheesesteak is good, like I would definitely go to Tat's Deli sometime because like getting a cheesesteak at a cheesesteak place is part of the experience. Okay. okay. And they'll make a big sandwich for you. Okay, great. What about actual cheesesteaks in Philadelphia? Been there, done that. Okay. Um, I didn't. So I've been to Philadelphia a couple of times. It's a really nice town. I have not had a ton of cheesesteaks there. I have walked past the famous places and not gone, which we'll talk about what the famous places are. I've had like a couple from just kind of like a neighborhood, you know, no name deli kind of place, which are pretty darn good in kind of exactly the same way that like a, you know, anonymous New York pizza slice is good. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is it going to be the best pizza you've ever had? No. Is it going to totally do the job every time? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we did like look in like, you know, the whatever the equivalent of like timeout Philadelphia is and uh, went to a, a special place that uh, was uh, they called like, you know, one of the best in town. And it was better and it was really good. Like, do I do I like remember it as like one of the best things ever compared to like a regular cheesesteak? No, it's still just like a, a sandwich with a bunch of thin sliced steak and cheese. Uh, speaking of which, could you define what Philly cheesesteak is? Because this did not look like what I expected. OK, it to. I'm glad. I'm glad you – first of all, I want to know what, what you expected it to look like. Okay, so I think I, I – I'm not even sure if I really knew that it was thin sliced steak. I mean, I knew that we were not talking here about like a, a, like a, a New York – strip on a on a roll okay yeah, just but, just yeah just like a one inch thick <laughs> yeah t-bone steak mm-hmm. with the bone in uh-huh. on a bun 
Anyway, I think that I thought it would have strips of meat that were a bit thicker, mm-hmm. maybe more like a quarter inch, maybe the kind of thing you would get on like a steak salad yeah. or something like that. And I think that I expected something more like cheese whiz. We'll talk that about would that. be kind of like uh, I, I almost said drizzled, but more like poured yeah. over the top. So you were not really wrong about that. That okay. is that is probably the most common way to cheese a Philly cheesesteak. Okay, but yeah, I did not expect the meat to be as thin as it was uh, in this version. I did not expect the roll to be. I, I think I didn't think about what the roll would be. I knew it would be uh, oblong roll. Yeah. But, okay, so take it away. Okay, so a Philly cheesesteak is a hot sandwich made from very thin sliced steak. So, like, uh, so thin that it has to be, like, frozen and shaved. Okay. Um, so, wait, when you order when you order the meat or when you go buy the meat, what, what do you ask for? Oh, we'll talk about that. Okay. The meat is chopped and sautéed uh, almost always with onions. And uh, there are other, other fillings that are popular, especially bell peppers. And then it's topped with some kind of melty processed cheese, like American cheese or provolone or uh, or especially cheese whiz, mm-hmm. and then served on a hoagie roll. Oh, yes. Total delicious gut bomb. Yes. And the thin slicedness of the, of the meat, I think, is so important because it is really not a steak sandwich. It's like a bunch of, like, meat that's kind of fused into a cheesy mass and super tender. Yeah. I did not expect the way that the cheese would have... Uh, become one with the with the meat, right. so that it became kind of almost like a hash kind of thing. Yeah, bound totally. together by like, cheese. I do enjoy like a steak sandwich, but when I when you say steak sandwich, I think like this is going to have like some chew to it, and yeah, a Philly cheese steak, are going to like come, not really come chunking out of oh, it yeah. when you eat. Uh, whereas I had very few pieces come out of the cheese steak as I was right. eating it. So what what is this thing? Where does it come from? Okay. Does it come from Philadelphia? It does. Yeah, I've attempted to put together a little history of the Philly cheesesteak. And uh, if you're from Philadelphia, if you're from Philadelphia, uh, like call in to our our hotline because we want to hear your Philadelphia accent, like complaining about the things we got wrong about cheesesteaks. We don't actually have a phone number, but, you know, send us a send us a voice memo. Yeah, you can send us a voice memo. Contact at SpilledMilkPodcast.com. All right, so the uh, Philadelphia steak sandwich was probably invented by Pat and Harry Oliveri at their hot dog stand in South Philly in the 1930s. I, I think that's like why it uses like you know this is this is pretty inexpensive meat as far as things go. It could be it could be ribeye, which is more expensive, or top round, and it's uh, you know, but it's it's. It, it doesn't need to kind of bring its own tenderness because it's cut, it's it's sliced so thin that it's going to be tender. Okay. Right? And uh, so the fact that it came from a hot dog stand also sort of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original did not have cheese, and cheese didn't enter ah. the equation until like a decade later. So this was just a steak sandwich. It was just a steak Why sandwich. Why is it a steak sandwich instead of like a sliced beef sandwich? That's a good question. I think like there are a lot of like regional meat sandwiches that just like had like some catchy name that stuck like a beef on whack, which I don't even know what, what that is or like Italian beef and like just that's what you call it. OK. OK. So what what about the, the cheese came in at some point? Yeah, and I was looking, I was like looking at uh, photos of like cheesesteak restaurant menus in Philadelphia and like, oh, you can still get a cheeseless steak at most of these. I bet they don't sell a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you have like a dairy allergy, that's or great. Or that, if you're kosher. Or if you're kosher. Like, I, I don't think it would, like, if you're, if you're kind of kosher, because like, I think the cheese is still like lingering nearby. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so according to Wikipedia, quote, the sandwich was originally prepared without cheese. Oliveri said provolone cheese was first added by Joe Cocky Joe Lorenza, <laughs> a manager at the Ridge Ave- Avenue location you, in the 40s. Do you think that he became Cocky Joe for, like, adding the cheese? Like, like, wow, what a ballsy thing to do. Like, I'm going to add cheese to this steak sandwich. Yeah, I'm Cocky like, Joe. That's, too, that's so Sorry, cool. no, Joe, that's too cocky. Like, we, un, we allow onions, maybe, but, but cheese, I that don't know. That Joe always thinks he knows knows what's best for the steak sandwich. I want to know what other things Cocky Joe tried to add that didn't take. If you were going to have a name like this. Oh, boy. So if you were, okay. you know, Matthew Amster Burton, and you were going to have a little nickname that went in quotation marks within your name, like Joe Cocky Joe Lorenza. My name's too long as it is. Okay, um, well, then no, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Come up with one for me. <laughs> Okay, no, no, we need to come up with one for each of us before we can proceed. Okay, okay. so um, so I'm going to name Matthew, uh, <laughs> just like random words are coming to mind. I'm like, what does that mean? Bluebird. I came up with Bluebird, but I don't have, it doesn't mean anything. I don't have any explanation Well, you know, your it. glasses right now have blue frames. Okay. Yeah. yeah I like, I like, like blue clothes. Okay. So I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going to be Matthew Bluebird, Amster Burton. Okay. And what's yours? Well, as we're sitting here right now, I'm wearing this kind of ridiculous dress. It is. Yeah. It's great. It's like cheetah print and it's pink and purple cheetah print. So I don't know, like I'm, I, I used to be a fast runner, like in grade school, yeah. like a <laughs> okay. cheetah, like I took third place in the 50 yard dash once. It, I, I, don't, I think I'm, Cheetah Weisenberg has, that's a good name. <laughs> cheetah Weisenberg. This is like a variation on like the stripper name thing. Yeah. Bluebird no. Amsterberg. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Come to our strip show. It's going to be great. <laughs> like we've got, I mean, Molly sort of does have like dance moves. I don't. So that's, but the contrast is really what oh, makes it yeah. hot. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad and we'll we be, figured we'll this we'll be eating cheesesteaks during the show. <laughs> <laughs> and like the dripping grease. Oh, yeah. You got to pay money to, you got to pay money to lick the grease off of us. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> that, that you just like escalated this like up to 11. Uh-huh. Okay. That's but people like, people would pay that. Okay. So Pat and Harry Oliveri, they, oper- they opened Pat's King of Steaks on Passyunk Avenue in 1940 and it still operates 24-7 at the original location. I love it when people really understand that their product needs to be available 24 yeah. hours a day. Like, that says something to me. Like, we're here for you. We care for you. We will always be here for you. Yeah, and so far they have. And so in uh, in 1966, Pat's arch rival Gino's Steaks opened across the street. Boo! And so uh, I think you are right to boo Gino's Steaks because what I recall from uh, from walking by them in Philadelphia is that Gino's Steaks had like a big display about how much they love cops. Um, oh, so, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like the the arch rivalry. Like I think I think it felt felt like the conventional wisdom by the time we got to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, like in the 2010s, is that like, you know, both of these places, like they're fine, but you will pay extra because they're the famous places and they're not going to be the best cheesesteak in town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a partisan of one of those and, and you want to like come like, you know, deliver me some like street justice, I understand. And you're not going to call the cops. I'm, I guess not. <laughs> not after what I just said, like they, they won't even respond. 
Okay. Uh, okay. So what about the ingredients here? Like, I want to know more about this meat. How how did you get it? Okay, here's how I started making cheesesteaks at home. I don't remember like when I first did this. It it like definitely escalated during the pandemic, but it started before that. Wow, it escalated during the pandemic. Yeah, it escalated the way the way you escalated like our strip show to like grease licking. Okay, so I was at a Wajamaya. I was buying some sukiyaki meat for mm-hmm. making sukiyaki, which is a Japanese hot pot dish. Mm-hmm. And uh, the meat is, they take like, I don't even know what cut of meat they're using. Like, you know, it's it's pretty well marbled. So it could probably like a chuck steak, something like that. I find it so overwhelming in a good way to stand in front of the sliced meat yeah, case they have at, a lot at to Uajimaya. choose from. I don't know where to begin. I mean, because they're it, it's labeled like for sukiyaki yeah. or whatever, but still there are many options within each category. Totally. So, uh, someday I would love for you to explain to me how you choose these things. The one I get is always just Owajimaya's own sukiyaki meat, and it's okay. always like ten dollars a pound. They don't say what cut it is. I think it's probably chuck, and it's just uh, you know very thinly sliced, like shaved, marbled beef. I was getting it for sukiyaki and I was thinking like I got I think probably I got like the family pack and it was way more than we needed for like one dinner's worth of sukiyaki. I'm like, what do I do with the rest of this thin sliced meat? Could I like saute it? And I don't even know if it was my idea. It could have been like teenager of the show December was like, could you make a cheesesteak with it? And I was like, hmm. So I think like when they make cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, I think they like put the meat onto the griddle and kind of break it up very efficiently with us with a couple of spatulas. I just kind of chopped it up okay. uh, like raw and then threw it in the pan and it made a really good cheesesteak. Yeah. Uh, like the flavor is good. The you know, it's, it stays super tender. So this is not a product you will find in most supermarkets. I did find there was like shaved beef in the in the meat section at QFC that I noticed it kind of didn't look super promising mm-hmm. like it would probably be fine but if you can get to a korean or japanese supermarket and get some like thin slice sliced beef for hot pot that's the way to go I do think. you ever get it at m to m um i haven't but i certainly could okay do they have as broad an array of, of thinly sliced not meats? as broad an array as, as a wajimaya but they have a lot okay yeah. okay uh, so what about the bread? Because if you said to me hoagie roll, I don't think that would mean anything to me usually. I don't honestly know if I'm really using the right bread. So like everyone agrees in Philadelphia that the bread should be an Amoroso hoagie roll. It's like a particular like old school bakery and they produce jillions of these cheesesteak rolls. And like there are places in Seattle that import them, but you can't buy them here in like non-commercial quantities. So I just got like like a uh, Seattle International Baking Company French hoagie roll and it was fine. Like, I don't think the bread is really supposed to do a lot okay. in a cheesesteak. Well, I did notice that, you know, kind of like a hamburger bun, like you want a hamburger bun that's going to be squishy and, and absorb the juices but not fall apart. Yeah. And that is what this roll did pretty perfectly. Yeah. There's the So there's the kind of roll that's sort of like a, like a big hot dog bun that's like a super soft hot dog bun texture. That doesn't work so great because it's going to fall apart. Uh-huh. So you want like the next thing up from that but not like a real crusty like artisan roll. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like if, if it's oblong, an oblong sandwich roll, it's going to be fine. Now – during 2020, oh, I was baking my own cheesesteak rolls. Wow, Matthew. Wow. I, I like Googled it up and I found this recipe from rockrecipes.com, which uh, seems like it's a, like a popular Canadian cooking site, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, like 
it was they're really easy to make. Like if you ever bake bread, you can make these, and uh, and it really was good. Like, have I made them in the last year? No. Okay. All right. I love what 2020 brought out of so. Many I was also of us. I was making my own burger buns from the I from the King Arthur recipe. Like I don't know. Maybe we should go back to 2020. It was great. There, well, I, I mean, I I think a lot of us are feeling like life slowed down uh, in a way that was really nice. Yeah, like the, I, the, I liked making the big pickup order, like curbside pickup order from Wajamaya, and knowing like you know I could like you know throw in like more than a like a week's worth of food, and I never shop that way. I know most people do. Yesterday, we happened to go to the grocery store and buy like a week's worth of food, and it truly felt like I, I was thrown back to like mid 2020 when you would drop like so much money on groceries but yeah. then you'd have this wonderful feeling like we never have to leave the house again and we got to know all of the people uh at the curbside pickup mm-hmm. chris the other ones yep <laughs> okay okay so what about the cheese so we, okay. got, we got the we got the meat we got the bread all right you got three choices provolone american or cheese whiz and i am partial to american because i feel like it doesn't have much flavor, and it just sort of works as like a sauce slash binding agent, and that's what I want. And it also has a nice saltiness. Yeah, I feel like it contributed a decent amount of salt. The I've I've done provolone, and it's delicious, but like that really becomes like you know sort of like a balance between the steak flavor and like the the sharpness of the cheese flavor. Uh, yeah, I don't want that. Like it's it's good, but it's just different. For okay. Me. And then the most popular by far in Philadelphia is Cheese Whiz, which I've had there, but have not like bought at home and I'm a little bit scared of in a way that I shouldn't be because like I eat like you know garbage all the time but uh so cheese whiz is a jarred processed cheese mm-hmm. spread mm-hmm. and it just you know it melts perfectly and it has I think it has like a little bit more tang to it than like an American cheese do you so when you have had cheese steaks in Philadelphia do they add the cheese whiz when the meat is still on I'm presuming it's on a griddle or yeah. something in Philadelphia do they mm. add the cheese whiz on the griddle or once the meat is on the roll I, th- I want to say on the griddle, but I'm not totally sure. I should have watched some cheesesteak videos. Because I, when I pictured cheesesteaks prior to, to eating one this morning, I definitely pictured being able to see like visible cheese whiz on the top of it. Yeah. And like that, that is something I've seen, but I like, I like the cheese to kind of like melt all the way through. I mean, I, you know, I feel that I've been spoiled by having such a delicious cheesesteak yeah. right off the bat. I kind of want to get some cheese whiz and do that next time I make them at home. I think I will. Okay. I'd, I'd like to come over. Speaking of cheesesteak videos, um, I forgot to mention earlier, this is not a cheesesteak video, um, but uh, in order to learn how to pronounce Passyunk Avenue, and I'm not still not sure if it got, got totally right, I like looked up like videos of like tours of Philadelphia, and there's this guy who does like driving tours of Philadelphia, just narrating from his car. It was so gratifying to just sit and watch. The most wonderful voice, and I don't remember the name of his channel, but we will link to it in the in the show notes. Like he'll do like an hour long video, just like talking through like a Philadelphia neighborhood, and it's so soothing to listen to. Like I just kind of want to be his friend, or or like fall asleep listening to this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no it was great this episode is brought to you by town place suites by marriott whether you're traveling for work need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away well town place suites by marriott has all the comforts of home yeah so they've got a full kitchen 
Uh, they've got – you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it. No charge. <laughs> uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, so, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then, and this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Well, so when I walked into your apartment this morning, it smelled so good. And what it smelled like was onions and bell peppers. And that's all it was so far. Okay. And so did you saute them together? I did. Yeah. Okay. So I just sliced up uh, green green bell pepper and half an onion and uh, threw them in the pan with some oil and uh, just cooked them until they were a little browned. And then did you cook the meat in that same skillet with the vegetables, or no, did you take the vegetables out? I took the vegetables out um, and uh, and actually cooked the meat in a different skillet for no reason. Wow, <laughs> like just was, to do extra dishes. Just to do extra dishes, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Like, I just, uh, that's that's my workout. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Been lifting, Matthew. I can see it in your biceps right now. That's right. Yeah, I've been lifting uh, those those heavy aluminum pants. Our our listeners are going to be pumped to see, to see our strip show. Your ripped bod at our strip show. Uh, yeah, and my ripped bodice. Yes, yes. Will you be reading aloud from your latest romance novel? I will. Yeah, that I wrote or that I read. Uh, no, I, I. Well, actually, I know you haven't. You haven't written a romance, have you? Not, not that I've uh, admitted publicly. No. Wait, you haven't told me either. <laughs> yes, I did. I have. I published a romance under a pseudonym. I think you read it. What? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say it. Matthew, I feel that like a whole part of our friendship has just been a lie. I. Yeah, I 100% told you about this. When I show you the book cover, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I wonder if romance novels just didn't mean the same thing to me then. Like, if I had no idea what that would even be like. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this off mic and, like, li- we'll leave it as an exercise to the listeners to try and t- track down what's the romance novel that I wrote. Wait, hold on. I just have one question. I go by the name Julia Quinn. You do? No. God! <laughs> Anyway, hold on. So how far into the novel did you wait before you, like, let them have some action? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, This was a while ago. I want to say, like, halfway. Okay. I feel like that's that's pretty forward. Yeah. And, like, it was was just fairly steamy. Oh, God. God, I do not remember this at all. <laughs> because the the sex scene of yours that I have read, I remember being whatever like whatever the opposite of steamy is. Well, yeah, like, I remember being like frozen. Matthew, 
I don't believe that this happened. And but I, then I took it out. <laughs> oh, you took it out. But then and then I think you made a kissing scene that was better. No, maybe. This is the, the, the book we're talking about now is Matthew's YA novel, Our Secret Better Lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she she sleeps with the guy you don't want her to, but not the guy you do want her to in that book, which yeah. I, I was kind of proud of. Yeah. No, that was great. That was great. Um, okay. So uh, other things like bell peppers are, don't always go into a cheesesteak, but they're a very popular addition, and I like them very much. Uh, if I have any jalapenos or, or serrano peppers in the fridge, I will usually throw that in. You didn't throw in one today. I didn't throw in one today because I, I like that's that's a bit a bit non-standard, I think, and I wanted to give you like a more basic cheesesteak. Do, do cheesesteaks – so that, that obviously would make it a little bit spicy. Yeah. Are cheesesteaks ever spicy? Is there usually a spicy option? That's a good question. I didn't really notice that when I was in Philadelphia. I would be surprised if that wasn't an option, at least at some mm-hmm. places. Like mm-hmm. hot sauce is definitely available. What kind of hot sauce? Oh, like what's Philadelphia's favorite hot sauce? I don't know the answer. Oh I, no. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's like it's like a Tabasco or or a Tapatio or like it's it's gonna be like a like one of the more popular brands, I think. Okay. Unless unless there's some like specific Philly hot sauce that I don't know about. Again, not from Philadelphia. I am still just over here processing the fact that you have published a romance novel <laughs> under a pseudonym. And I didn't know it. I mean, maybe I did know it. I don't, what kind of cave was I living in? There's no way I didn't tell you at the time. I, There's no way. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's talk about how to make a okay. cheesesteak. All, All right. right. So here, it's very simple. So I, I like sauteed the onions and peppers and set them aside. I heated up a pan with a little oil. I put in my chopped meat. I do like about a third of a pound of meat per sandwich. I okay. Don't, I don't know that. I think like... I've had some that were kind of overstuffed, which looks good, but is like kind of uh, frustrating to eat. So I think about a third of a pound works well. This was a perfect ratio of meat to bread. Good. Yeah. So uh, like saute the meat over uh, over medium high until uh, it uh, is no longer pink. Generally, like when you're using like froze, pre-frozen, uh, like thin sliced meat, it's going to exude quite a lot of liquid okay. and so often i will like drain the meat like in a in a strainer when oh, okay. most of the way through cooking okay hit it with a lot of salt and this is really important yeah like ha- way more than you it think it was very well seasoned and i want like but i feel like that takes some skill what you did because it was quite a bit of salt but it was not in any way over the line right i think so like because you're going to be using like a like the bread is going to is kind of going to offset that a little bit what my my strategy is usually like salted and like taste it salted and taste it until it is a little too salty but just a little okay. and then it's going to be perfect once it's in the sandwich and did you hit it with pepper too yeah quite a bit of okay. black pepper okay yeah, because like when I've like under seasoned a Philly cheesesteak, that is not a good sandwich. That sounds very bland. Yep, I usually crisp up the roll briefly in the oven. That's that's optional. Like uh, I just uh, f- I feel like it gives it a little more sturdiness. You also dug the middle out of the roll. I did dig the. I'm glad you remember. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, like I think. I have no idea if anyone does that in Philadelphia. I think it gives a better bread to meat ratio. I love the idea of there being someone in a Philly cheese shake, Philly cheese steak <laughs> You're right. shop. There's no chance, right? <laughs> who whose job it is to like use their fingers to dig the the oh, crumb no, like out you walk, of the bread. Walk down the street in Philadelphia, like there'll be like a help wanted sign in the yeah. window. It just says <laughs> crumb digger. Uh, yeah, crumb digger. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound like, like, that, like, like an insult a, or a, like an exclamation? Oh, crumb digger. <laughs> Look at this fucking crumb digger. 
Okay. Okay. All right. So um, you, you've cooked your meat, and then do you add the peppers and onions in once you've cooked the meat? Yep. Like, okay. does it does it really matter? Like, would it be fine if you put them in earlier? Yeah. And then I kind of form the meat into sort of a sandwich-shaped log. Okay. And I put a couple <laughs> slices of, uh, of my American cheese on top. Uh-huh. Um, and I put a cover on the pan briefly so the cheese melts. That's how I do cheeseburgers. Yep. And then I put the roll over the top of that, like open it oh. onto there, and, and put the cover back on and let it steam just a little bit. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. The, but the bun didn't get at all sogged. Yeah, it would. Like, you have to be a little careful, like like one minute at the most, because, like, you can absolutely sog the roll. Okay. And okay. then and then kind of slide a spatula underneath and, uh, and try and, like, pick this up, which, like, it's not going to work on the first try. I'm so interested in the fact that you, yeah, you form this, like, sandwich-shaped log, put the bread over it, and then scoop the whole thing out as yeah. one and piece. One thing I like is, like, you know, it takes... Takes like a few minutes for the for the cheese to melt and the uh, and the bread to steam and during that time the meat part that's in contact with the pan is getting really like brown and a little crispy mm-hmm. very satisfying. What heat do you put it on? Medium on high. Stuff? Okay, cool. Oh man! And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a messy sandwich and uh, like often like making making like one of them like I did this morning is very easy. Making two sandwiches is a little more involved and making like three for my for my once uh, back when I had a family. Um, like making three sandwiches, kind of a pain in the ass, but worth it. Oh, you know, for for any listeners who haven't been listening for a while, what Matthew means is just that teenager, the show December went off to college. Right. Yeah. No, like, uh, and they took with them Matthew's family. Right. So, so no, imagine I'm living like a, like a sad bachelor lifestyle. Like, like you saw when we went to Japan together, like how messy my room got, like that would be my whole place if I was, if I was a bachelor. God, it's so interesting because I don't picture you as a messy person. But then again, I I don't make a habit of like hanging out in your bedroom. No. And when uh, I was just when I was in Palm Springs and like had my own hotel room for a few days, I was I was thinking about that and being like, I don't want to be like messy hotel room guy. Like like that would be like, you know, code for like sad, sad man on a TV show. (laughs) So like I'm going to like kind of keep things. uh, I'm going to put the clothes in the drawer. I'm not going to like let stuff accumulate on the table. I I was. Instead of being good. sad, sad man, I'm just going to be like occasionally depressive man. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Like yeah. like all of us. Yeah, right? that's right. Okay. Uh, so that's it. That's that's Philly cheesesteaks. Oh, um, that was that was delightful. I'm so I mean, happy I was able to serve you one. I loved being served. You uh-huh. old crumb digger, you. And uh, yeah, like uh, we'll we'll just like keep we'll keep digging. I mean, our whole show at, at this point is kind of like digging digging crumbs of like like <laughs> what I don't know what are we going to talk about next week. <laughs> Um, I know what we're talking about next week. Oh, okay. Should I announce it? All right, let's do it. Uh, we're talking about oat milk. Okay. Wow. We don't usually like like let the beans out of the bag like that. <laughs> let the beans out of the bag. <laughs> All right, Matthew, we have spilled mail this week. Our spilled mail comes from listener Bryden, the listener who once wrote us a letter with a fountain pen. Oh, Bryden! We should retell this story for Welcome anyone who missed it. Welcome back on the show. Uh, listener Bryden, we, we were, at some point we were talking about, I'm sure, like doing a bit about how like we wish someone would write us a letter with a fountain pen. Listener Bryden did write us a letter with a fountain pen, did not mail it to us, took a photo of it and emailed it to us, which is <laughs> the, the best thing. Uh, okay, so listener Bryden says... 
Matthew, what the heck is bringing you to Calgary? If you grab a beer and poutine at the Ship and Anchor, can you apologize for me? As I stole a book from that pub once. Listener Bryden. God, okay. Also, <laughs> no, most of our listeners are thieves. Also, Molly, we have the exact same coffee grinder, Rancilio Rocky. However, I am not brave enough to disassemble it. It's never been cleaned, and I hope that's okay. I have smashed a French press once, not using it, but packing for a camping trip. I do own a Chemex, and somehow miraculously, it's still in one piece. Keep up the good work on the pod. P.S. The fountain pen is at the office. I don't always have the patience to write by hand. (laughs) Oh, thanks for these updates, listener Bryden. Oh, and the answer is what's bringing me to Calgary is vacation. I will be back by the time you hear this. I had a wonderful time in Canada. And uh, thank you for thank you for sharing your poutine and other delicacies with me. Mm -hmm. Matthew. I probably stole a book from the Ship and Anchor Pub. <laughs> I can announce I can announce my crimes like like in advance because I will have already committed them by the time you hear this. And you can't you can't punish someone for a crime they already committed. No, that's definitely not done. <laughs> Only crimes they haven't committed. No, this is uh, that's what I learned from uh, from that documentary Minority Report. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Matthew, what you snacking? Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking Or I'll release the Kraken So what you're snacking What you're snacking Okay, I, I had such an exciting experience I, I went down to Target to buy chocolate chips and as I was uh, making my way toward the toward the register I noticed that they had a big display of Target's Good and Gather brand granolas and Target is making some like pretty fancy ass granolas like competing with like the Bob's Red Mill and like uh, you wow. know whatever whatever like fancy granolas. Are they doing like a maple syrup olive oil situation? Mm-hmm. Okay. So so the ones I bought were peanut butter which which was great. I already finished it. Okay. And uh, cashew butter butter chocolate chip okay. which looks real good wow. there was one like all chocolate one that was candy but i'm definitely gonna buy it there were like 12 to choose from like the peanut butter one was so good i'm, I'm very excited to try them did all. you eat it with milk or did you just snack it like by the handful both okay i, okay. I put milk in it and then <laughs> and then reached my hand in it like a classic crumb digger move it was like a frito chili pie move but, yes but eating with your hands so target granola that's my that's what i'm snacking what are you snacking uh so i've been snacking so my friend leisha uh who is a wonderful cook introduced me to these cookies that a lot of our listeners have probably heard of okay uh, they're called cowboy cookies and the recipe comes originally from laura bush <laughs> okay former first lady sure. laura bush so Back in the day, God, I hope this kind of thing isn't happening anymore, but some magazine, mm-hmm. maybe yep. Southern Living or Good Housekeeping or something, did one of those competitions where the two like presidential candidates' wives submitted cookie recipes yep. and like the American populace voted on which was the better cookie. And Laura Bush's Cowboy Cookies won. I, yeah, I have heard of this recipe. It's very good. So basically, it is an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie, but what makes it unique is that it also has pecan pecans, shredded coconut, and cinnamon. Okay. In it. So imagine it's kind of like a like an like a chocolate chip cookie crossed with a really good granola bar. Yeah, that sounds good. It's so good. The recipe makes a massive amount. So actually when I have made them, I've halved the recipe and you still get like a full dozen and a half huge cookies. 
fantastic. Love it. And we'll link to the recipe in the show notes. Yeah, no, I've, I've always said that uh, the, the spouses of war criminals are some of the best, best bakers around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Matthew, do you have a now but wow? I do. I'm reading a YA book that I'm really enjoying. That I feel like I've I've recommended this genre of book before. Like I, uh, it's called "I Guess I Live Here Now" by Claire On, and uh, it is a book about an American kid, uh, Melody, who has to go uh, live with her family in uh, in Seoul. Um, and uh, she and her mom live in a tiny apartment in New York. And uh, suddenly her mom announces, we're going to live with your dad who's been living and working in Seoul and supporting the family. And it turns out d- her, their dad is totally loaded. <laughs> and uh, so as, as having to navigate like living in Korea for the first time, like wondering like where did her dad get all of this money and like what is going on? And of course there's some romance and of course there's food and uh, it's just really like lively and fun and I'm really enjoying it a lot. Do you ever find out where the dad's money comes from? Um, I am only about a third of the way in the book into the book, so not yet. Okay. One thing I really like about this book is that I like the title mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I've read a lot of good YA books with extremely forgettable, interchangeable titles, and yes. this one sort of has kind of the cadence of that. But because it's like a known phrase, like uh, I guess I live here now, yeah. um, like I find it memorable and it's fun to say. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, I guess I live here now by Claire On A H N. Uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. You should subscribe to Molly's newsletter called I've Got a Feeling. It's at Molly Weisenberg. Uh, don't go to cheetahweisenberg.substack.com. <laughs> That's a totally different newsletter. Um, mollyweisenberg.substack.com. Uh, you can also rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you can talk to other people who listen to the show at uh, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. As we've established, uh, um, our listeners are mostly thieves. And uh, we talk, talk about like, what's you stealing? Or, or like, you know, which war criminals' wives' <laughs> recipes do you like? Yeah, like, like uh, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Milosevic's brownies. <laughs> um, <laughs> is this is this the whole does, thing in wait, poor does, taste? Does Vladimir Putin have a wife? I was thinking about that, and I do not know the answer. I, I only ever, I feel like the only things I've read about his personal life involve him, like, Lifting weights or right, swimming too. or things like that. Interesting. He's just a body who who does bad things. Yeah. Wow. I want there to be a song with the lyric, I'm just a body who does bad things. You're going to write that song. I'm going to write that song and I'm going to credit you as a co-writer. Thank you. <laughs> that was an amazing <laughs> phrase. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah. And until next time, I'm, I'm Bluebird Amster Burton. And I'm Cheetah Weisenberg. It's all my favorite things. Right, exactly. Like, you know, of, of course I love duck hunting. I go I go every uh, every duck season, which is some time of the year. Um, well, the reason why you pay so much attention to the new batches of ducklings uh, at mm-hmm. the Volunteer Park Duck Pond is because you're going to hunt them. I'm going to hunt later. them later, yes. Like, <laughs> you, you just you wait, little buddy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.